The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him about whom Moses in the law and the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under a fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Christ. You may be seated. See, we, we saved a step. That was nice. Well, grace and peace to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Have you ever eaten at a restaurant because somebody recommended it to you? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I totally have. What was the restaurant? You got very excited about that. You remember? Cafe Margo. Cafe Margo. There's been a lot. Yeah. We, we tend to go places where people recommend that we go, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so have you ever gone to see a movie or done a pay-per-view or watched a movie on Netflix or whatever because somebody else recommended it to you? Yeah. I, too, have done that. I should start a list of ones not to watch. It would save us all some time. Is it more likely that you would do those things because a friend told you to do it or because a total stranger told you to do it? A friend, right? Come and see. In many ways, these words sum up the gospel according to John. They speak to John's witness to the Christ story, the story of God's grace taking shape among us, the story of mercy enfleshed in the babe at Bethlehem, crucified at Golgotha, raised on the third day, all for our sake. John's gospel is all about making Christ known, of sharing signs instead of miracles in the other gospels, signs that point to who Jesus is. Come and see. Each of our texts today speaks to a theme, a story of calling in the lives of the people. In 1 Samuel we read, Now the Lord came and stood there calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, who knows it? Speak for your... Yeah, speak for your servant is listening. In the psalm for this week, the come and see or calling is revealed in God's presence with God's people. Lord, you have searched me out. O Lord, you have known me. And similarly, Paul reminds the church at Corinth of who they are called to be in Christ. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? That's who you've been called to be. 
In the preceding verses to today's gospel, Jesus says to Andrew and another of John the Baptist's followers, come and see. Andrew immediately went and invited his brother Simon. And in today's gospel reading, Jesus says to Philip, follow me. Philip immediately goes to find his friend Nathanael and tells him, we have found him about whom Moses in the law and also in the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. How many of you, when you have somebody call you to go do something, immediately phone a friend? I thought about that a little bit, but I feel like there's a lot of times where somebody says, hey, do you want to go do such and such? And I'm like, uh, yes. And then I find somebody else to go with me, right? You ever done this? It's a big deal. It's a big deal that these fledgling disciples following Jesus, that they say that they will follow Jesus. They do come and see, but that they call him rabbi. Every young Jewish boy would begin an education in Hebrew school, but over the series of years and examinations that would follow, would be released with the family to learn the family trade. It's how it worked then. Go be a fisherman. Go learn carpentry. Only those students who were the best of the best, who memorized the entirety of Hebrew scripture, I realize it's only five books, but still, what books? <laughs> only those that could do that, who understood that answering a challenging theological question meant not just knowing the answer that your rabbi would give, but the ones of all the other rabbis. Only these would be interviewed by rabbis and invited to follow, to come and see. As a student, to be interviewed by a rabbi meant undergoing hours and even days of examination. It's like confirmation. Something to look forward to. <laughs> ah, now he's looking at me. All right. Questioning about Torah, about the teachings of the Hebrew people. And even after all of this, only a select few would actually be asked to follow a rabbi. It was an intense process of learning. Like interns following a doctor around the hospital. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Have you seen this? I know that when I was in the hospital for a surgery and I was in there for a couple of days, a doctor would come in followed by a herd they all come running, right? And, and the, they're all in the back. They're going, what did he say? Did you catch that? What did he say? Right? These disciples of the rabbi would follow so closely, constantly, so they could hear every word that came from the rabbi's lips. May you always be covered in the dust of your rabbi. It was a common blessing for the disciples of a rabbi. Theologian and author Rob Bell suggests that some of these disciples even followed the rabbi into the bathroom for fear of missing a single word. <laughs> Let's think about the words the rabbi might say in the bathroom. I'll let you do that for yourself. Jesus is a new kind of rabbi. Jesus isn't seeking out the best of the best. He's not examining them for hours and days. He's not asking them every question about Torah. He's not asking them about all the teachings of the other rabbis. But instead, he seeks out the ones who will be faithful. 
the ones who will be faithful. He calls fishermen and other common folk to be his disciples. He he calls, come and see. And it extends beyond the norms of the day and into daily life. It doesn't mean that he challenged his disciples any less than another rabbi would challenge their disciples. But think about the different and unique ways in which Jesus challenged his disciples. Come and see has been a theme for the church for generations. The past 2,000 years have been filled with the excited invitations of those who've come to know Christ and who can't wait to invite others to experience the same. Who've lived out being the hands and feet of Christ for others in response to this calling. Come and see. Most of us have been invited to come and see. To come and see something of who this Jesus is at one time or another. Most of us in worship today are here because, well, someone said to us at one point or another, you just have to come and see. I'm afraid we've lost a little bit of that. Each of us can probably think of someone in our lives, perhaps when we were a child even, who invited us to come and see, to learn more about Jesus, to learn more about being a disciple, to respond to the gift of God's grace first given for us. Who is the person in your life that challenged you? You remember the name? Who is it in your life who expected something of you and cared enough about you to intentionally connect with you, to walk with you, to journey with you in your faith? How did you respond to being challenged to dig in more deeply in your faith? Did you do it? Or did you kind of, oh. Our calling as Christians is about relationships. Jesus says, come and see, and we are invited into relationship with him. We enter into learning more about him and about who we are as those named and claimed as child of God in our baptism. It's about our relationships with each other, too. We are each walking together on this faith journey. We are each called to be present for each other. We are called to love each other, even when and in spite of our own brokenness and sinfulness. When there are those among us suffering, we are the ones who are called to embrace them, to lift them up, and to point to the love of Christ for them. We are called to live lives of discipleship together. I've asked you who challenged you, but now I want to know who have you challenged? How have you challenged others? When's the last time you said to someone, come and see? Who have you invited to worship, to Bible study, to pray with you, to serve alongside you? Jesus calls us to follow him. We may not always understand Jesus' calling, but like Samuel, we can say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. 
We may not always feel close to God, but we can rest in the words of the psalm, Lord, you have searched me out. Lord, you have known me. We may have times where we feel disconnected from our faith, but we will be reminded that our bodies are members of Christ. And as Paul said so wonderfully, nothing can separate us from that kind of love. We may not always feel like the best equipped to answer a call to serve, to be a disciple, but we are reminded by John's gospel that Jesus didn't call the top students. But those rejected by the other rabbis, those who are willing. So as we live together in this community of faith, may we always remember these things. May we always seek to listen for God's calling for our lives and may we, may we be covered completely and thoroughly doused by the dust of our rabbi. Amen.